listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. And it's The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. You're a bit of a, an expert on niche and bizarre sports around I am, the world. I am, I am. Well, a bit of a niche sports expert. Took part in the World Marbles Championship. Got to the quarterfinals. Had you played before? Marbles? Yeah. Not since I was 10. Is it hard? Clearly Could not. Could be, yeah. The Germans love it, though. Hey, tell me, Beefy, which uh, sporting celebrity would you least like to have your photo taken with? Well, I'm, I am not a fan of Mr Conor McGregor, but got into an incident this week and it probably sums up why I'm not a fan of Conor McGregor. He was arrested in Miami in a nightclub. What happened was it's about 5.20 in the morning and a fan spots him and tries to take a photo of Conor McGregor with his phone. Connor walks up to him, picks up the phone, slaps it out of his hand, stomps on it on the floor and then walks off. Not surprising. I'll tell you what, though, if you're in a jail cell or if you're in jail, you, you wouldn't pick on Conor McGregor, would you? <laughs> no, you wouldn't, really. Floyd Mayweather certainly found it really funny. The boxing legend, he defeated McGregor when they had their one-off fight in 2017. That was huge, wasn't it? It was big. Fair credit to McGregor. Never been in a boxing ring before. Went 10 rounds with uh, the money man. Oh, he must be so beaten up, Conor McGregor. I think he's struggling, head-wise. What sort of injuries would you deal with, being either a boxer or a mixed martial artist? Well, unfortunately, boxers have onset Parkinson's and a bit of onset concussions and a bit of dementia kicking on. That's been proved as as they go. I mean, if you get repeatedly punched in the head, then it's not surprising. I think UFC, the injuries aren't too bad long-term. It is a pretty violent sport and cuts and broken bones and things like that add up pretty quickly. Does it not hurt them when they're in the ring? Of course it hurts. Does the adrenaline take over? Yeah, it's like, yeah, you know, it does, yeah. Connor, the mad Irishman, he'll go and go and go. It's like, hit me again, hit me again. His ego gets the better of his talents in uh, some respect. <laughs> I mean, Mayweather's another one that uh, he's all about the money. Make no bones about it. But you have he, to have a bit of passion. It can't oh, just be about the money because you're not going to win no, the money. No, no, He went on a chat show in the States. It might have been Conan Bryan and was talking about his strip club. And why he owns strip clubs. Why does he own strip clubs? Because they make money. Because he goes, men will always pay. Yeah. After his fight, he invited everyone back to his strip club just to get them through the door because he knew they were going to spend money. Hey, that's really clever. He's also got one of the biggest entourages in the history of boxing. How many people has he got? Oh, 50 or 60. What would you do with 50, 60 people? They just follow him around. I don't even have 50, 60 friends. <laughs> there you go. On Facebook? No, I was kidding. <laughs> uh, anyway, so he's been walking around his bright yellow jumper. Sounds a bit like Ronald McDonald. And he's encouraging the paparazzi to take pictures of him. He's poking fun at McGregor. Nice. And he's uh, basically saying to the paparazzi... Shoot me, man. Shoot me. Shoot greatness. Shoot this uh, greatness. Shoot it. You've got to love someone who's got a bit of spark, though. Look, he's one of the best boxers of all time. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. What's one of your weird sports coming up around the world? This baby? weekend, I'd tell you, it's a bumper crop of sports this weekend. If, you, if you're in Kuala Lumpur this weekend, right, yeah. uh, the Astor Bar in Kuala Lumpur, it is the 10th running of the Cigar Smoking World Championships. Do you know what they also call it? They call it the slowest race on earth. I've heard they've got a category called the Monica Lewinsky race. Uh, uh, Really? No. That's a niche niche reference. No joke. You have to smoke a cigar in the slowest possible time. You've got to keep it lit. So they've actually developed a special strain of cigar for this championship. The the winner last year was a German, Hauke Walter. (laughs) He uh, smoked a cigar... Uh, constantly, two hours, 48 minutes. Oh, yeah. It has to stay lit. You can't come back later. It's got to be lit how at all big, times. How big is this? Yeah, it's like a proper Cuban cigar. It's not like a, like a Cheech and Chong style <laughs> cigar, you know, huge? Not like the size quite of as arm. big as that one. Probably a eight-incher, nine-incher. Well, 
Oh. You'd be used to that. I don't smoke cigars. No, I didn't mean. But um, do uh, do you win anything? Three and a half thousand dollars US and a watch, apparently. A watch. You know, you play poker now for World Series bracelets. If you're the World Cigar Smoking Champion, you get a watch. Um, the Malaysians are really keen to get a world champion. So they're, they're actually actively promoting kids into smoking cigars. Are you serious? No. That's disgraceful. They wouldn't do that. Okay, good. <laughs> you will be catching up with Daniel Ricciardo shortly too. Yeah, yeah. In his new team this weekend in the yellow colours of Renault, haven't the crowd embraced old Danny Rick mm, uh, this weekend? I think Renault have put some green into his colours as well just for this weekend. For years and years and years, I can always hear the cars practice. Mm. But they seem to be getting quieter and quieter. What's going on? I think that's the biggest complaint that a Formula One fans are bringing to the party right now is that the, the V8 sound isn't there anymore. Since they've become hybrid, the noise has just dropped off. The capacity of the engines is a lot lower and they rev a lot lower than they used to. The noise just isn't there. There are actually calls to bring back a higher rev engine so that fans can get that sound again. How noisy? noisy would it be actually on the track though these days it's very quiet you can actually go to the grand prix nowadays without earmuffs oh yeah you definitely can the sound just isn't there anymore you're listening to the bucket list Okay, it's a great pleasure for us to uh, have Daniel Ricciardo on stamp collecting with Dan. Dan, how's it all going? It's good. I've been collecting since I was uh, basically still a fetus. Oh, nice. And, um, yeah, it's, it's gone well. I've got over 12 stamps now. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> tremendous. That's, a, that's nearly one every two years. <laughs> it's going well. Well, as you know, it's a dying breed now. No, yeah, everything's email. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, it's a massive investment, so oh, that's where I make a lot of my coins. Of course, I think so. Yep. If you had a car stereo, if you had a stereo in the car, mm-hmm. what would be blasting out as you're going around the track? Um, I, I, I love music. Like, yeah. I literally, it's, it's my life. And um, my taste in music is pretty spread these days. So, um, I mean, if I was really getting pumped up, probably some, like, Australian hardcore oh, nice. stuff. Bit of Parkway Drive, Amity Affliction, a few of my favourites. Nice. Butterfly Effect, that type of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Could, that can work. Yeah. That would be probably the first choice. Yep. Now, I've got to ask you about uh, the Honey Badger uh, moniker. Now, there's another kind of famous Western Australian that also goes by the name Honey Badger, Nick Cummings. Never heard of him. Never heard of him. No. That's not what he tells us. <laughs> is, there a, is there a bit of a rivalry? Is there going to be a Honey Badger off? I, I fear he will he will win that rivalry <laughs> if, if we have anything physically related yeah. uh, to battle the naming rights then uh, he might be a bit quicker think, than you uh, on, on feet but not in a car <laughs> I think uh, my best chance is probably clipping him <laughs> with, my, with my car but otherwise uh, anything uh Swinging related, he would, uh, or tackling related, he's he's going to win it. So yeah. it's a mutual respect. For oh, the name. I like that. Yes, yep. definitely. Abu Dhabi was actually kind of where you made your name a little bit with the Young Driver Test. Yeah, 2010, 2011. Yeah, good memory. Uh, 2010, I think it was. So yeah, yeah. you know more than me. Yeah, um, I'll be a bit it was, of a blur. <laughs> it's gone quick, but yeah, that was where I um, yeah, that was my I think second test in F1 and yep. where I you know started to show some some really good yep. speed. So uh, I think by that stage, Red Bull knew. I was, you know, a good up-and-coming yeah, driver yeah. for them in the future. And you started way back. Did you start in carts? In carts, yeah, nine years old. Um, and, yeah, just basically loved loved speed. I loved the sport because it was different. You know, everyone was playing footy, soccer, all that. And I was quite small and skinny as yeah, well as yeah. a kid, so I probably wasn't built built for Aussie rules, or at least probably mentally not built yeah, for it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, I liked individual sports. I liked sort of being a, a little bit sure. left of field. Now, you're from a Sicilian family. Should I be worried? 
Uh, no, no. <laughs> if Dad was around, to be honest, he's probably set up someone in, in the buildings there with yep. a sniper. Sure. You'll be sweet. Okay, you're right. Just, uh, aim, aim right. <laughs> um, so, with, with that background, did you have a motorsport background? Like, was the family around motorsports, or was uh, it just something you wanted to do? Dad uh, raced a bit, you know, when he was okay. younger, so for fun. And I mean, I think he would have loved to have taken it more seriously. But obviously, didn't didn't really have the the funding or the support to, to do sure. much more with it. But um, the passion, I guess, came through him. You know, he loves motorsport. He loves cars probably more than me. Yeah, so, yeah sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, he never forced me to do it. It was always my choice. But um, I guess through the blood or whatever, I, I got a love for it. We were actually at a go kart, the Australian title in uh, Geelong there's a whole new range of Ricardo carts yes you're yeah. on it you're on it so uh, yeah that was a bit of a project I started and um yeah, a mate of mine back home who helped me out, you know, when I was racing as a kid, yeah. basically just, yeah, came up and said, I think it would be a really cool opportunity for you. And, um, you know, it also gives give something back to the sport and try and get some, yeah, some yeah. young kids cart through the oh, program. definitely. No, it's, it's, it's admirable that you can put your name to that. And, you it's know, quite nice seeing your yeah, name on a cart. Yeah, beautiful. I, I won't lie. And it's, yeah. well, it also gives, you know, people to aspire, you know, somewhere, someone and, and some pathway to aspire to actually get into, you, you proved that you can get into Formula One from, yeah. from carts, whatever background you are. Yeah, exactly. So it's um that's a good thing about you know doing it from Australia. A lot of it, it is so far away to Europe, and, and Formula One seems like so far away. But obviously, I saw Weber do it, and, and now I've done it. So hopefully, the next next generation can do it. Yeah. Now speaking of Mark Weber, he's a massive Speedway fan. What other sports are you following outside of the outside of racing? Um, I mean, so I love pretty much all forms of motorsport. Yep. Probably my favourite form of motorsport is is or to watch at least one I get most excited for is Supercross, like all the AMA, the American yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure. But, I mean, Chad Chad Reed, Oz, an Aussie. He's been doing it for years. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, made a big name for himself over there. So, yeah, a bit of a fan of Chad and, and, and that sport. Um, Did you get on the bike yourself? Um, Did so, I you? So I, 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 I do a little bit. Yeah, so yeah. Mum, mum was always steering clear of two wheels oh, for me. Wow, she yeah, was yeah. like, nah, you're never having a dirt bike, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But now that I'm mid-20s, I can sort of, in a way, do, do what, what I want. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the last uh, the last sort of 18 months, I've, I've gotten two wheels a bit more oh, often. beautiful. And uh, I'm learning. I'm learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, a uh, big UFC fan. Oh, yes, UFC of course. Fan. Yep. Oh, it's a pity you missed Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. I know. Yep. Uh, does Ronda, Ronda Rousey and ring you up every now and again, check on checking your progress? Um, to be honest, she just calls me. Yeah, yeah, she does call me, but it's more just to give me a hard time. Oh, um, fair enough, yeah. So she's training eight days a week. Oh, I'm only training seven days a week. Easy woman. It's not yeah. easy, but, I mean, that's the price to pay when you've got a girlfriend like Ronda. It's, yeah, it's you know. She wants to move into acting and, you yeah. know, it's just ridiculous. She's, I don't know how you do it. Oh, well, I don't know either. Yeah. It's, it's sort of an open relationship. Oh, nice. So it makes it a bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Talking of uh, races on the circuit, what what is your favourite? Um, Apart from of, Melbourne, obviously. In terms of the, yeah, like the whole weekend as as a whole, Austin. I oh just wow! Love Austin. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Do no, get, I do know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> is it called Sixth Street? Yeah. There's yeah. there's so many different little. I mean, Sixth Street is you know more touristy, but yeah, yeah. there's not a whole lot of tourists anyway. Yeah. Like it's you get oh, a lot of locals students, there. It's all college kids. So Austin's awesome. I love music. So literally yeah. every night of the week you can go find something to do. Um, people are super friendly. The track's good fun. I, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for America to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. Austin's Austin's the one. Yeah, for strange enough because I went to I went to university in Texas, so I kind of oh, I do really? know the scene. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm envious. Yeah, so yeah. You know Austin very well. Quite well, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And 
a bit more Dallas. I was a bit up north in, okay. in North University in North Texas. So, um, okay. but I know exactly what you're talking about—the college scene and the the music scene and everything where the college kids get behind it. And um, yeah, they're out playing all the time. Yeah, it's it really is. You're never bored. Put it that no. way. No, yeah, that's that's what I love. It's yeah. very cool. So you say you're into music a lot. Are you yeah. you out there playing? Are you learning? Or you? That's that's the thing. I when I say I like love music, I, I feel a bit guilty because I yeah. don't play any music at all. And I I feel I've got a good ear. Like oh. I can understand what good nice. music is, yeah, yeah. but when it comes to translating any of that skill or beat or rhythm, no, I, I save the uh, the rhythm for the racetrack. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Is there any are there any drivers on the on the circuit that uh, that you know you have a few uh, beers and there's a big bit of a sing along? Um, I've done karaoke with uh, with Jensen actually. Nice. Um, he's he's a good guy. Uh, who else? I think with Matt. Yeah, with Felipe. So normally Japan, Japan's pretty big in karaoke. Um, <laughs> and you can so get the words wrong there; they don't even know. <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, you sound good in that a lot. Um, so yeah, some, a few of us have got out, had a few nights in Tokyo yeah. before, which um, beautiful, which turns into yeah, karaoke and uh, and a bit of sake. <laughs> and, and saying that about getting out with the guys, I mean, there's a few drivers in in F1 now that you've kind of grown up with as well. Um, Johnny Verne, Maldonado, there's a couple others that kind of your age as well, and yeah. you've come through the ranks in, in exactly the same series. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty. It's in a way, it's quite cool. You know, you you race with. I mean, when I first moved to Europe, you know, I was racing with some of these guys. Bottas was one of them. And, yep. You know, we battled each other when we were 18 years old and, and now we're, you know, mid-20s and, and here we're sort of at the top of the, the food chain, um, which is cool. It's cool that, you know, you, you yep. see... Yeah, you your rivals, your rivals. And then when you get to F1, obviously you're still rivals, but it's, yeah. it's sort of cool that you yeah, yeah, made of course. It. Um, yeah, so that's good fun. Is there any characters left on the F1 circuit? Do you think there's um, no James Hunt's kicking about anymore? Is there? Um, Bit of a smoke after the race. Uh, not that I've, I don't see anyone smoke really. Yeah, but um, who does? <laughs> but in terms of, I mean, everyone's people do go out and enjoy themselves. Yeah, of course. Like, I think it's one of those things. When I first got into F1, I was you know obviously low key. I don't, yeah, you yeah. don't want to be the the new kid on the scene partying and, and not getting the results. So let's say I waited till I got the results and, and then I started to let my hair down a bit more. Well, when you get the results, you get the uh, you, know, you get the results. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. Well, that's what you work for. And, you know, you know, you get the rewards when um, you establish yourself as a number one driver. Yeah. Fantastic. Daniel, thank you for your time. No we worries. really appreciate it. I can't believe we've managed to spend some time with you and uh, lift the lid on... It's going to cost you. Well, I can imagine so. <laughs> so... I'll say uh, I'll tell Nick Cummins that you're looking for him. Yep. And uh, also Tyron Matthew. He also goes by Honey Badger. He plays really? the Cardinals. Yes, in, really? the, in the NFL. He's huge, though. I know. I've, I've, I've picked a bad fight. Yeah. I? So he could be called the Skunk. You could do the old Kevin Peterson and get the white stripe. <laughs> no, don't do that. Now, best of luck with everything. Keep Thank fighting you. to the end. Um, we do wish you all the best, and uh, hopefully, like I say, we will see an Australian world champion before before you're finished. Yep. Um, and it's, it won't be an enduro cars like that Weber guy. Oh, don't worry about that. Cheers. See you next time. Listening to the Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. It's a motor racing weekend. Went to the Ice Speedway Championships in Zell in Germany, which is just near the Austrian border. It's an ice track and they race bikes around the tracks. On the tyres are metal spikes to keep them on the track because the hairpin bends. If there's crashes and anything and you ride over somebody that's lying down in front of them, they basically die. There is 400 spikes on these tyres and they're two inches long, so imagine that puncturing your body. Are you saying people are lying down? If they fall off in front of the person in front of you and the, the guy has nowhere to go and he, and he rides over the person... Are they riding motorbikes? On ice. Oh, my goodness. It is crazy. 
this is the most weirdest, strangest sport you could ever think. These guys are dicing with death literally every time they get on the track. What's that? What's it called? Ice Speedway. Ice Speedway? Yeah. What sort of fatalities do they have? Uh, there's been a few people die over the years, but more severe lacerations. Unbelievable. Imagine though if you fall off your bike and you've got your tongue out. Oh, and well, you, you wear a helmet. You stick to the ice. But if, you've ever, if you ever see Ice Speedway in Russia or uh, the northern Scandinavian countries, it's like minus 20 degrees. You've got people in the crowd wearing 12 layers uh, of clothing just to stay warm. They're out there watching sport in minus 20 degrees. That's bizarre. So which country is actually the most popular for it? Uh, the Russians dominate the okay. sport, but they do it in, uh, like, oh, Finland yeah. and Norway. You can imagine Vladimir Putin playing, couldn't you? Oh, he'd love on it. On horseback? Well, you can't <laughs> go on horseback. He'd probably be, uh, you know, bare-chested on his motorbike. <laughs> oh, he'd be the one guy in his, uh, a, in his carrying, pants carrying in the stand. A, carrying a fish in one hand that he's just, uh, <laughs> with, with a fishing rod, he's ice-fished yeah. himself. Tell you what, I'll put a video of Ice Speedway on the Bucket List Facebook page. Please jump on, uh, just look up the Bucket List show... Please give us a like, share the love. And we got a caller this morning. It's Cam from Mentone. Good morning. Good morning. How are we? I'm very well. What's for breakfast, Cam? Oh, not much. Just bacon and eggs. Just, ba- oh, just bacon. It's the, no, oh. let's bring us some. That's it. Cam, what is on your bucket list? What sporting event is one you really want to get to? Oh, look, I'm riding the mountain bike riding, so I really want to go over and see Red Bull Rampage over in the States. Pretty hardcore mountain biking. That's in Utah, isn't it? Yeah, they do jumping off cliffs on mountain bikes. It's uh, pretty spectacular to watch. I'm sure it is. Um, in Utah, it'll be hot and dusty, and I'm sure there's some carnage there as well. A couple of broken collarbones, some broken legs. If you ever watch it on YouTube, they do some pretty steep jumps, pretty hardcore. What would a normal mountain biking weekend uh, behold for you? There's a place called Listerfield. They did the uh, Commonwealth track out there years and years ago now for the Commonwealth Games. That's usually my stomping grounds. Also over at Yu Yang's National Park over there, there's some really good mountain bike tracks out there too. I tried downhill, but a bit of damage to the, to the old shoulder there, coming off some jumps. Some of those blokes, and well, and the women as well, they uh, just show absolutely no fear going doing those downhill tracks. It sounds pretty horrifying. Is it really fun? Like these jumps? Yeah, it is. I did a cross-country race out of Apollo Bay there. It's open to all age groups, but the highlight of my day was being passed by a 70-year-old going uphill while I was walking my bike. Oh, no. Wow. Yeah, so he was fit. That's amazing. Do you wear the Lycra? No way. No way. That's for the roadies. How did that bad fashion start anyway? Anything to make him go faster. You don't shave your legs as well, do you? No, no. <laughs> None of that sort of stuff. That's extreme for me, though. Um, Cam, it's the F1 this weekend. you got much of an interest. You, do you get along to the Grand Prix at Albert Park? I'm going to miss out this year, but the company I work for, are, um, a big shout-out to the boys at UMS down there helping to prep for the Grand Prix. Yeah, definitely. Ah, very nice, very nice. Thanks for joining us this Saturday morning. Thanks for telling us about Red Bull Rampage. You're kind of the first one that's gone a little bit different. Most people are a Super Bowl or an FA Cup and... Uh, Good to know that people out there are wanting to get to something just a little bit off the beaten track. No, definitely got to get that dirt out underneath your fingernails, mate. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> On the line, we've got Aaron Langmaid from the Herald Sun, who's covered the Albert Park Formula One Grand Prix for the best part of a decade. Aaron, thanks for joining us this morning. G'day, guys. How are you? Yeah, we're great. That must be such a good job, though, covering things like the Grand Prix. I tell you what, it is great to cover off all the sporting events in Melbourne. Obviously, the GP is, is, 
is a huge spectacle. They say Melbourne is a sporting city, and it's pretty obvious. But when you look at the long-term spend on an on event like this, they're spending $60 million on, on this race a year on average, and they're contracted until 2022. So you're looking at probably a spend of $360 million. But, I mean, when you're sitting there watching TV and watching the GP and you're seeing the aerial shots over Albert Park and you're seeing this spectacular race just play out with, with the city skyline in the background, it's hard to argue that it's not worth that money. It packs an audience of millions right around the world. No way of really measuring how many people come to Melbourne and, and visit Victoria as a result of watching the race unfold here. But it's uh, it's a very good argument that the uh, government have to spend that money to keep it here. Do they have any figures or any idea what it's actually bringing into the Victorian economy? The Premier Daniel Andrews, I think at last count, said that the event is worth about $40 million a year to the state. And that includes any visitor who flies into Melbourne and attends the race. Uh, they're spending money in hotels, they're buying dinner, they're attending the event, of course. But the big argument that critics have is that there's no real way of measuring how that money is coming in and whether, in fact, that is how much money the event is generating. And if you ask anybody that lives around Albert Park, a lot of the residents absolutely hate the race. They would love to see uh, Sydney Steelers. <laughs> like the way you think. What are your thoughts on what's Daniel Ricciardo's chances this year? I think in, in the past, when he was at Red Bull... Obviously, he, he he had a few podium finishes, and it was great to see an Aussie doing so well. I think Monaco was one of his standout wins. But he's obviously jumped ship from Red Bull now. He's, he's with Renault. He's next to Nico Hulkenberg. A funny fact for you, Nico has had 157 race starts as an F1 driver, one of the longest serving and yet he's never stood on the podium. So he's sort of hoping that with Ricardo by his side, it might lift the team and they might have a chance against the big guns like uh, Mercedes, Ferrari and, and Red Bull. So we'll have to wait and see. Do you honestly think that uh, the Victorian government would ever let this go? I think they would be silly too. I think Sydney have put their hand up from time to time and said they are willing to steal this event. We obviously stole it from Adelaide, but I think the reality is we do it better. If you look at the way we host the event, it becomes essentially a three-day festival. I mean, last week we had Moonbar, this weekend is the race, and then next weekend we kick off the footy season. So there's a real festival atmosphere created by having the GP in Melbourne at this time of the year, and I don't think that you can repeat that anywhere else. And I think it's also worth remembering that the F1 is a, is a huge spectacle. It's a real coup for any city to have a race like this, and we've managed to snare the opening race of the season in Melbourne in Australia at the start of the year. It's worth holding on to. $60 million well spent? Quite possibly. <laughs> Aaron, thanks a lot for joining us this morning and hopefully it's going to be an absolute bumper weekend of sport for one and all, not just the Grand Prix. Absolutely have a great time and uh, thanks for joining us. I've got my earplugs ready, guys. It's a bucket list. What a weekend in Melbourne. We've got the Melbourne Grand Prix, but also coming up is the Singapore F1 Grand Prix. It's on the 20 to the 22nd of September, a three-day event from Friday to Sunday. And speaking to Daniel Ciccone from Sportsnet Travel. How are you, Daniel? I know I'm really well. Beefy, how are you? Oh, just awesome. It's a massive weekend of sport in Melbourne. No doubt. Everyone loves the Australian Grand Prix, and you know when it's here, that means that the footy's not far away and, and, and the sporting events are, are all starting to happen. 
Now, we're going to talk about the Singapore Grand Prix, and Singapore is quickly becoming probably one of the marquee events for celebrities, for the racing. It is a street circuit, which only the, only this one in Monaco, it kind of exists. What is so special about the Singapore event, Daniel? Beefy lots, and I know this is only an hour show, so I'll try and keep it quick, but, <laughs> um, you know, the, the, the temperature, I guess the, the weather in Singapore is, is brilliant. Lows of, of 25 degrees, highs of 31 over that time. It's a night race, you know, and it's only one of three night races with, with Bahrain and Abu Dhabi making it even more special. It gives people the opportunity to see Singapore by day, Formula One by night. I think it's the closest international uh, F1 race. The atmosphere is unbelievable. Super electric the whole time. And the organisers always put on incredible live entertainment. And, you know, there's acts like Muse and the Chili Peppers and, and Fatboy Slim and Cardi B and Swedish House Mafia and it, an awesome world-class lineup. And what I love about this event more than any other, unlike other events, they include that entertainment within the F1 race tickets. So you don't have wow. to pay for it separately. So yep. uh, it's, it's a magic event. Got to say, Singapore, beautiful at night, really is lovely. Uh, what travel packages have you got there? We just have a, a simple four-night package, which is all-inclusive, as always, flights, accommodation, tickets, etc. However, we, we can be very, very flexible for those that want to extend and potentially stay on Sentosa Island or, or head over Indonesia and, and experience beautiful Bintan. Very simple, but very flexible as well. Now, it's a street circuit, so you're at the accommodation you guys offer. Is that within the track? Although my wife always wants to stay at Orchard Road, you know, every time we go to Singapore, she doesn't get to during the Grand Prix. All our accommodation is is either right on the circuit or within walking distance. So uh, it's difficult to get, but but we have it. And uh, you don't have to jump on on any public transport to, to, to view the event when you stay with us. And I bet you've got some great special experiences as well, Daniel. We have one of my favourite experiences. We do sort of a Grand Prix race preview lunch. We always have a, a special guest MC. Last year we had Bob Constadurus, we've had Chris Medlin, Peter Windsor in the past. But even more exciting than that, we have an F1 legend, a, a real legend of, of the sport who, who previews the race and answers questions. We'll get photos with our clients. And last year we had Mark Webber. First time we've been able to get Mark, so that was enormous for us. We got, we got David Coulthard in 17, Damon Hill in 16. We've had Martin Brundle amongst others. The event caters for about 200 to 250 people, so it's, it's quite intimate. So our clients really get the opportunity to get up close and personal with these legends we usually hold it in a really special location as well and one of my favorite being we did this event and we've done it a couple of years on level 57 of marina bay sands you know where that amazing infinity pool overlooks singapore and the circuit Mm. um so this is one not to be missed yeah definitely that would be amazing now, Formula One, we kick off this weekend in Melbourne. You guys are doing stuff at Melbourne. And what other Formula One events are your favourites in terms of uh, people wanting to go to? Beefy, my favourite has to be, and obviously your, your, your show is called The Bucket List, but you know, does anything beat the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix? No, I think wh- whoever we've talked to, I think everyone mentions Monaco. I should like to go there to judge for myself. <laughs> true, true, true. Diana, I, I think you have to. Whenever you ask anyone their top five or top ten bucket list sporting events, uh, Monaco would have to be in most people's. Uh, really, really special. One I'm super excited about is the, uh, the Vietnamese Grand Prix has just been confirmed for 2020 in Hanoi. So we'll be bringing that on in our range and, and, and we're super excited about that one. Excellent. What are you doing at Albert Park this weekend? Uh, a lot of clients... Uh, at the event. Personally, I'll, I'll go down and have a look and say hello to a few of them and, and enjoy a few of the races. We uh, spend some time with the event in Melbourne. Have you got a tip for this year's winner? Is it going to be a Ricardo year? Beefy, 
I hope so. I hope so. I, I, I love Dan Ricardo both on and off the circuit, but it's very hard to go past Mercedes. They're dominating the sport right now, and I, and I think uh, one of those boys will take it out this weekend. I agree with you there. If you want to go on any Formula One experience, please, please, please get hold of Sportsnet Holidays and Daniel. Please check them out www.sportsnetholidays.com. Absolutely the best tour partner you could ever wish for. That's one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. Give Daniel a call. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll catch you next weekend on the bucket list. See you then.